Welcome to Broadcast 1132. You can join us live every Sunday during our worship experience or at church1132.com. Psalm 119, verse 35, we're going to read through verse 37. It says, direct me in the path of your commands, for there I find delight. Turn my heart towards your statutes and not towards selfish gain. Turn my eyes away from worthless things. Preserve my life according to your word. Now, if you're looking for 2018 New Year's resolutions or goals or revelations, however you say it, I, I was in uh, shopping as we were at North Park and I heard a little girl say, uh, Mom, what's our New Year's resolution? She goes, it's not a resolution. It's a revelation. So if you're, if you're one of those people, you know, like you're just a little extra spiritual, God bless you. That's amazing. Let's get those New Year's revelations going. And this, this Psalm 119, 35 through 37 could be a good starting point in the way that you just direct your life. It says, direct me in the path of your commands. Turn my heart towards your statutes and turn my eyes away from worthless things. That right there could be a good foundation for where you're going in 2018. I, I want to talk to you specifically about the things you look at. The, the, the things that you see, or the, the way that you direct your perspective, or maybe another way to say it, how you direct your perspective. How, how or why you see the things that you see. There's this little phrase in verse 37. It says, turn my eyes away from worthless things. I want to spend almost the entirety of our time together talking about that, talking about turning our eyes away from the things that are worthless, my, my thought would be in 2017, you have ended up close to a place that you've looked at for the entirety of the year. So let me just unpack that a little bit. Is your eyes really direct your direction? And, and oftentimes, if we spend our time looking at worthless things, we end up in worthless places. If, if you spend your year focusing on how bad things are, I'm just going to tell you, it's going to be a bad year. I can't even tell you how many posts I've seen already on social media that have said things like this. I am so glad 2017 is over. Kissing 2017 goodbye tonight. See ya 2017. Can I just tell you, 2018 is going to be the same as 2017 unless you change something. The year does not dictate how you live. We dictate how we live by our response to what happens. 2017 may have some heartache in it. 2017 may have some problems in it. 2017 might have some real pain in it. But I'm just going to tell you, your response to that pain is what determines how 2018 is going to be, how 2019 is going to be, how 2020 is going to be. This, this, this thought of our direction, our perspective, directs our life. I found this quote in a commentary this week. It said, this is the tendency of things that are gazed at to get through the eyes into the mind and to the heart. Worthless things in the eye gazed at become worthless things lodged in the heart. I, I think that sometimes we think that we're looking at something and it's not that big of a deal. We're looking at something and, and, and we're focusing on something. It's a bad situation. So we're focused on the bad situation. It's not bad eyes. It's just a bad situation. But when you fixate your eyes onto a situation, eventually that situation drops down 
into your heart. If you are focusing on negative situations, eventually the negativity of that situation will not just be the thing that you look at, it'll be the reality that you live in as it drops from your eyes into your heart. I believe in 2017 that God's trying to get us to lift our eyes up from temporary, natural, negative living and fix our eyes on something that is better, on something that is bigger, on something that is greater, on something that is maybe just a little bit better than 2017. And I'm going to tell you the way you do it. The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results. It's a new year. You, you remember when the, like, the rhyming thing was really cool back in the years that you could do it? Like on New Year's, it was like really, re- really good. You know, 2007, we're on our way to heaven. You know, 2008, it's going to be great. And it's just like yeah, on and on. And then it got like into the teens and we're like, yeah, we really can't rhyme that anymore. So it's like God's not speaking that anymore. It's just, it doesn't rhyme. It just doesn't work. And so it's now about 2018. I'm sure there's going to be something, you know, great about it. Can I just tell you the way that you change from year to year? is by doing something different from year to year. You've got to change or else you're going to get the results that you've always gotten. Your attention is valuable. Let me say it another way. Your perspective is valuable. If the enemy can get you to have a negative perspective, he's got you because you will end up where you look. If he can grab your eyes, and this is what the psalmist is saying. The psalmist in Psalm 119, he says, turn my eyes from worthless things. What's a worthless thing? A worthless thing is something that does not correlate or does not feed or does not help the direction that you're going. So it is worthless, not because it's necessarily bad, but because it does not aid me in the direction that God has for me. I'm going to tell you, God has something good for you in 2018. God has something good for your family. God has something good for our church. God has something good for our community. God has something good for our nation. I believe it with all my heart that God has something good. I also believe it's not just going to happen by us sitting back and turning our calendars and saying, it's 2018, God's supposed to move. I believe it's going to happen by us realizing that God has something for us in 2018 that's great, but then us adjusting our perspective to match it, so now we begin to look differently. We begin to see things differently. We, we've got a motto in our, in our church, in our community, where we say, where there's great opposition, there's great opportunity. You know what that is? That's a practice of perspective. That when opposition hits me, instead of being so bummed out that I'm in opposing the situation, I look at the opposition and now I begin to search out where the opportunity is because the opposition is a prophetic indicator that there's an opportunity coming. The opposition is a prophetic indicator that God has something for me. Did you know that in order to have a miracle, you have to have a problem? So if God like spoke to you like 2018 is going to be my year of miracles, guess what? If you don't have a problem, you don't need a miracle. So there's got to be some problems in order to generate some miracles. you got to be careful what you pray for. We talked about this before. You know, don't ask God for patience in 2018. You've been single for all these years and you ask for patience. You get married. I mean, it's, that's how it works. He doesn't give you, it's like gift wrap. Here's some patience. He just gives you a person, a boss, a kid. 
That's how this stuff's generated. This is how God works this out in our life. Your attention in 2018 is valuable. So the enemy's plan is to try to grab your attention. It's to try to grab your eyes. It's try to, to grab your perspective. Attention is the skill of withdrawing from everything to focus on some things. Attention. If I'm giving my attention to something, it is the ability to withdraw from everything and to channel all of that attention into one thing. Do you know that why we have a hard time focusing in America? It is because we have a hard time isolating. It is because we are multitasking all of the time. And I like to consider myself a really good multitasker, okay? I like to do about four things at once. I like seven screens going at the same time. It's peaceful to me. I mean, it just, it just feels right. And sometimes, you know, if you come into my office, I'll have like four things going at once. I got something on my phone, iPad, computer, TV, and then I'm writing handwritten stuff. People come in like, what is going on? It's perfect peace for me, okay? But the problem with multitasking is that you give each task some of your attention. And you lose power by taking some of that attention and placing on multiple things. But if you would take all of that attention and focus it on one thing, you would have multiplied power in the one thing. So I like to say it like this, focus is isolation. Focus is a practice of isolation. So when we're going on a 21-day fast, do you know what that is? That is a practice of isolation. That is taking time to isolate anything that would be a distraction for you so that you can focus on God, that you don't just multitask with God. Can I help you with your 2018? Maybe it's time to stop multitasking God and make him the focus of everything in your life. Maybe it's time to start 2018 with a bang, with a fast, being in church, leading your family, honoring God with your time, and just start it out with a bang and say, I'm going to focus. So how do you focus? You you have to isolate. You know what I found is that if any time I want to step into another season, I've got to leave the season I was in. And I think this is the problem with most people is that in order to move forward, we've got to leave something. Did you know that when you're all walking upstairs, to, to leave one stair and go to the next stair, you have to leave that, that stair. And there's this little in-between time where you're not on either. And that step is called faith. That step is progress. And most people have difficulty not in staying or going. It is in the in-between moment where you're not there or there, and you have to make the step. But in order for 2018 to be different for you, you've got to decide that I'm going to take the step of faith, which means I've got to leave some things in 2017. I might have to leave some habits. I might have to leave some people. I might have to leave. I got to leave some things in order to step into what God has for me. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13 says, brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it. But one thing, one thing? It's focus. Focus. It's isolation. Paul wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, and he's saying there's one thing? And this is the one thing he does. I forget what is behind, and I strain towards what is ahead. Let me just ask this question. How many of you, your past is keeping you from your future? Or let me say it this way, how, for how many of you, how many are past seasons keeping you from stepping into new seasons? 
You can't have the new season and the past season. You, you cannot have the new and the old. It, it has to be a leaving. The one thing Paul did, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead. Focus is a practice in isolation. I think that even, even when we talk about our eyes or our perspective, there's, there's a couple things, that, and I just want to give you about what you look at. What you look at, you will gravitate towards. This is, this is true for me in driving. I don't know if anyone else out there, I like to look when I drive. I get bored. Why would I want to look at the road when there's all kinds of things to look around? So I look around. But the problem with me looking is that I gravitate towards the place that I'm looking. And so my dad, my brother, and I, we were going hunting yesterday, and, and um, I was driving, and I was multitasking. This is a confession. I'm leaving this in 2017. I'm stepping into 2018. I'm a new person. Whoever's in Christ, new creation, old is gone, the new is gone. And, and, and so I'm, 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 in, I'm driving, I'm multitasking, and I was trying to get like a, a little energy drink going because I was tired. We left at 3.30 a.m., and, and so I'm like trying to get this little thing, and it's dark, and, and, and I'm driving with my knee, and the th- it's wrong, okay? It's, it's wrong. And then I noticed something. I'm like, wait, did I miss that turn? And, and, and I could just feel in the room, in the car, my dad and my brother like getting tense. You know, like, what is this guy doing? Because everywhere that I looked, I gravitated towards. Do you know that what is true is when you're driving a car is true with your life? That when you begin to look towards something. See, this is why some people say, well, I've been going to church and I haven't made any progress. Can I just tell you, when you make it a practice to be in the house of God and you look at him and you look at community and you hear sound teaching, what happens is you begin to gravitate towards something. Your miracle might not have happened yet, but I'm going to tell you, you're moving towards it. You don't know what prayer, you don't know what day, you don't know what moment your breakthrough is about to happen. So you put yourself in position, you posture yourself yourself. You look at the right things, and if you look at it long enough, you will begin to gravitate towards it. The, the, the Puritans back in the day, they used to describe your eyes as your eye gate. They were big on this. They were very religious on, on things that you looked at, and, and there were strict rules about their morality and, and all because of your eyes. They believed that your eye was the gate, and to get this from scriptures in the book of Proverbs, it says the eyes are the window to your soul. So they, they would have strict rules about what you looked at because they believed that what you look at, looked at affected the way that you lived. I think it might benefit us to look back at some of even some of the things that they did, although they were extreme and although they were very legalistic. I think it might be interesting to observe their care in taking, care, in, in taking notice of what they gave their eyes to, what they looked at what they gave their attention to. Think about how many of the worthless things that we look at. This is what the psalmist says. He said, turn my eyes from worthless things. Why? Just because you can use your time better? No, because if you look at it, you'll gravitate towards it. So if you're always looking at that status, you're always looking at that person, you're always looking at those things, you begin to gravitate towards those things, and you will foster desire in your heart for that which you give your attention to. We're not simply creatures of our environment. We are creatures shaped by the selective input we choose to focus on in 
our environment. Now, explain this to you. Some people say, well, I'm just a, I'm just a creature of my environment. I, I, I am a product of the environment I am. No, this is what you're a product of. You're a product of what you've paid attention to in the environment you live in. Because there's people that are in worse situations than we are, but have more joy than we have. It's because they paid attention to something different than what we paid attention to. When you went through your hard, hard time, you paid attention to the hard time. When they were in a third world country with no food, with no bread, with no, with, with no Christmas, they paid attention to the family that they did have. And because of their perspective, they gravitated towards a different place than what we've gravitated towards. I'm not trying to point, make anybody feel bad or what, make you feel like the things that you went through don't matter. What I'm trying to do is lift our eyes to a place where we understand that what we look at matters. Do you know the problem with what we look at? We can't see the results. Like, we say this, but it's hard to see this. So, so we say, well, you know, I'm just kind of like, like looking at that situation or that sin cycle or that rhythm. I'm just looking, but I didn't do anything. But you gravitate towards the thing that you look at. Your eyes are powerful. This is why the psalmist declares after he had been through all kinds of issues and made all kinds of mistakes and had fallen into all kinds of sin, he says, turn my eyes away from worthless things. We are shaped by what we take notice of, by the things that have the ability to capture our attention. I've heard many people saying right now, like, the, the perils of social media, right? It's like social media. Our kids' eyes are glued to a screen. we got to get their eyes off a screen. This is my belief, is that's the world that they live in, and that's the world they will live in. I've got no problems with screens. That's, how do you think things are going to work in 10 years? You think they're going to pull out a notepad? Uh, it's like, that, that's some of you, some of you do. That's all right. Okay. Um, like, we're going to have robots taking the offering in 15 years. I mean, it, 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 it's, it's going to be a different world. Things are changing. And so we have to change with them. Do you know what social media is? It, it, everybody, it's a danger. It's a danger. You know what social media is? It's an exposer. Social media hasn't ruined us. It's exposed us. Because now we have a platform to exhibit what is already on the inside of us. You think people just started being hateful? Like people just started taking political sides? No, social media gave us a platform for what was already on the inside of us. Cyberbullying, we've never encountered bullying before. No, it's been around. But now we have a greater platform. So you could see it as opposition, or you could see it as a problem, or you could see it as an opportunity. Because we're, now the, the, the human soul is exposed more than ever before. And we have an opportunity to step in and to see and to really see what is in our hearts. Because you show, we, we, should, we should write a new scripture, all right? The, there's a message paraphrase translation. We should do the DIV, dust-inspired version. And it would, re, it, would read, it would read like this. Out of the abundance of your Facebook, the mouth speaks. I mean, it's just like, that's how it, would, that's how it would read. Because it is not that now it's like, oh, Facebook is my mortal enemy. No, you are still your mortal enemy. You just have a platform in which it can be exposed in private without confronting someone face-to-face -face in a basement where no one will ever see you. It, it just gives you that platform. So our problem is not what we have in our hands. Our problem is where we direct our 
eyes. Another key, what you look at, what you look at, you'll gravitate towards what you look at, you will compare yourself to. What you look at, you'll compare yourself to. Do you know your frame of reference or what you compare yourself to is directly connected to your frame of reference? Did you know if you've never seen the, the new model of car, you would never compare your car to the new model of car? It is only because you've seen the new model that now you're like, wait, mine isn't as good. Right? It's like, oh, I don't have that feature. I, like, I don't, oh, wow, wow. I thought my car really looked nice. And now it's like all of a sudden it doesn't. Why? Because something new has been welcomed to the picture. And if you would have never seen it, then your frame of reference would have never changed, so you would have never compared it. So you have to be careful what you look at, because what you look at, you will compare yourself to. The people that you look at, you will compare yourself to. The, 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 the other employees, your friends, your family. Some of you have just been with family over the holidays, and I'm just going to tell you, the people that you fixate yourself on, you compare yourself to. You know, you walk in and you start comparing like how you're doing. It's like high school reunions. You know, it's like, let's see really who made it. And I, like, like, I know they got voted most popular, but let's see how they are now. You know, it's like, like it, things change over years. Things change. But what you look at, you will compare yourself to. This is why I believe Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 80 says this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, Whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. This is what he's saying. Direct your attention towards things that are good. It's as easy as that. Pastor, I don't want to just be a positive thinker. That's exactly what Paul says to be. He says, think about good things. That's, That's what that is. Well, my situation is really bad. And it might be that it stays that way. Because that's what you continually direct your perspective to. I love you. I'm not trying to make you mad. I'm trying to help you. That's why Paul said, fix your mind on the things that are good. Set your mind on the things that are, listen to what it says, excellent, praiseworthy, lovely, admirable, pure, right. Think about those things. One of the greatest tactics of the enemy is comparison. It's one of his biggest weapons if he can get you to begin to compare to someone around you. Matthew Henry says this, If our eyes can be kept from that which would divert us, our hearts will be kept to that which will excite us. Do you know why a lot of people don't have excitement or uh, peace in their life? Is because comparison has robbed them. They thought they were doing good until they saw you. And now I don't feel good about me because I see you doing better and so now I'm not at I wasn't if I never would have met you I would have stayed at peace but because I met you and now I've compared myself to you I feel worse see this is how the enemy works he tries to introduce situations to you this is this is marketing this is what marketing is is to get you to be introduced to a product that shows you what you have is not enough, and then you have to get that. That is the essence of marketing. Jesus understood marketing way before marketers did 
Because he knew that the enemy was the master marketer and that he would be able to introduce to you products that looked better than what you had. And so you would begin to compare yourself to that product and then be robbed of peace. God wants you to have peace in 2018. He wants you to be okay being you in 2018. You got to get comfortable in your own skin. You got to be comfortable in your own calling. You got to be comfortable with the assignment that God gave you. And I'm going to tell you, you're a assignment looks different than mine. My assignment looks different than yours. So you've got to wear it. You've got to own it. You've got to be you. In 2018, you cannot afford to be someone else. You can't afford to be like someone else. You've got to take your personality. You've got to take your call. You've got to take your anointing and you've got to own it. When David walked in to kill Goliath, Saul tried to put his armor on her and he said, this doesn't work doesn't fit. It doesn't feel right. And we got too many people in the church trying to wear someone else's anointing, trying to wear someone else's call. You got to be true to you. Whatever you look at, you will compare yourself to. The, the last key that I want to talk about is one that really structured this whole message. And, and I want to give it to you this way. What you look at, you will become. It's really simple, and it sounds maybe a little bit drastic, but this is, this is the truth. What you look at, you will eventually become. If you're always looking at what you're not, guess what begins to maximize in your life? What you're not. You've got to look at what you are. You gotta look about look at who God's called you to be. You gotta look at your possibilities. I used to get frustrated with people that always talked about, well, this is gonna be your best year yet. I just, that was just like frustrating to me. Like every year is going to be your best. It's just something we say. And then I started getting convicted. Like how is that bad? Shouldn't we want this next year to be the best year yet? There was this whole group of people that always kind of went around. They would always say, the best is yet to come. Which is like, that was their like goodbye. I'd be like goodbye. And they're like, the best is yet to come. It's like, cool. Thank you for that. And goodbye. The best is yet to come. It's like they had to have the last, last word. You know, it's like, like, goodbye, I would run. The best is yet to come. And like, okay, I get it. And it used to bug me. But like, is that that bad to think that the best is still coming? See, I think that that's the beauty of God in our lives. That's the beauty of God in 2018 is that truly the best still is yet to come. That what God's going to do in the future is going to be so great that what he's done in the past is going to pale in comparison because God's just getting warmed up. God's just getting started. God's just beginning. God's shaping me. He's molding me. He's fashioning me. He is getting me ready for the assignment that he has in my next year. What you look at, you will become. Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 5. It, it, it kind of explains this concept. It says this. It says, this is what the Lord says. What fault did your ancestors find in me that they strayed so far from me? Watch this. They followed worthless idols and became worthless themselves. What they followed, they became. They, they, they gave up God for an idol, and they became what the idol was. They followed worthless things, and they became worthless. What do you want to become next year? You've got to fix your eyes on it. 
I know this could, like, we could package this as a motivational talk. Like, come on, look at something better. Look, lift up your eyes. Next year's going to be great. It's your best year yet. I'm going to tell you, I'm, I'm going to bring the other side. It will not be your best year yet if you keep on looking at what you've looked at. You have to change what you look at. You've got to change your perspective. I want you to know this. In 2017, there have been some things that have happened, probably some decisions that you've made that you want to leave here. And that's the beauty of a new year. We're going to leave them in 2017. And on the cusp of a new year, on the cusp of 2018, I just want you to know that this is a brand new year with brand new possibility, with brand new opportunity. And in order to achieve it, we have to change. In order to see it, we have got to see things differently. We have got to look at things differently. When the first problem of 2018 shows up, you cannot say, oh, 2018 is going to be like 2017. When the first problem of 2018 shows up, you've got to handle the problem different than you handled it in 2017. And that will begin to dictate the trajectory of your year. If you begin to handle things differently, watch out. I'm telling you, if you, begin to if you begin to change, watch out. If you begin to really realize that what God has for you is good and it is great, if you begin to really understand that I'm, I'm like on the cutting edge of what God wants to do in my life, when opposition comes, it's opportunity. When trouble comes, it's a workout. It's training. When, when, when something tries to come against where you're going and what you're doing, you begin to realize, all right, this is just getting in the way, and I've got to learn how to get around it. I've got to learn how to get over it. I've got, you know what James says? He, he says, when you face trials. Isn't that encouraging? When, oh, so we will. I don't know who taught that Christianity like trial avoidance. That's not in the Bible. But the Bible does say when you go through the fire, you'll not be burned. It, it, it does say that when you pass through the water, it will not sweep over you. It doesn't guarantee us the absence of trials. It guarantees the presence of God in our trials. And because God cannot be overcome if he's with us, we cannot be overcome. And I believe in our church. I believe in your life. I believe in your family. I believe in every relationship. I believe in your business that really, truly the best is yet to come. And this is going to how, how it's going to happen. We've got to look differently. We've got to, this is what Hebrews says, fix your eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of your faith. Paul said it this way, set your mind on what the spirit desires. There's a scripture in 2 Kings that I want to close with. It's one of my, it's one of my favorite seeing verses. i got to start specifying because I've realized every verse that I say, I say it's my favorite. So this is my favorite verse about the eyes, about seeing. 2 Kings chapter 6. So two, 2016, God spoke this scripture to me, some tests that we were facing. I want to read you this part of the story in 2 Kings. 2 Kings chapter 6, verse 14, it says... Then he sent horses and chariots and a strong force there. They were attacked. They went by night and surrounded the city. This is, might be how some of your 2017 has felt like. At night, you were attacked. You were surrounded. It wasn't your fault. You were asleep. But you woke up and you found yourself surrounded. That, that's the story. It says that when the servant of the man of God got up and went out early the next morning, an army with horses and chariots had surrounded the city. Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? This is how a lot of us spent 2017. 
Oh no, my Lord, what shall we do? What are we going to do? Another trial, another bill, another, 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 another. What are we going to do? The servant asks, verse 16, don't be afraid. The prophet answered, listen to this promise. Those who are with us are more than those who are for them. You could probably take that for your 2018 too and just like put that on your fridge, your mirror, your cell phone, any place that you look frequently just to remind yourself there's more that are for us than that are with them. That's just a really good promise to hold on to. And then it says this, And Elisha prayed, Open his eyes, Lord, so that he may see. Then the Lord opened the servant's eyes, and he looked, and he saw the hills full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. This is one of my favorite concepts about seeing. It says that he opened the servant's eyes, and when his eyes were opened, that there was an army around him, but there was an arm, another army around them. So let me, let me just help you. When he woke up, he said, oh, there's an army around me. And then Elisha said, God, let his eyes be open. And he realized that there was an army around the ar- So let me just help you. Okay, there's like an army around Elisha. Got it? Trouble surrounding him. And then behind that, there's another army that his eyes were open to. So let me, let, me, let me just take another step further. The army was always there. He just couldn't see it. Elisha did not pray for the army to show up. He prayed that his eyes would be open to see what was already there. And this is my prophetic declaration over your 2018. That whatever has surrounded you in 2017 has already been surrounded in 2018. The problem has already been taken care of. The problem has already been surrounded. Everything that's come against you, everything that tried to take your joy, tried to take your peace has been surrounded so my prayer is not for God to surround your problem my prayer for this next year is that your eyes would be open to see that he's already there is that good news for anybody he's already there he's already there he's right smack dab in the middle of my problem the grief that had surrounded me is surrounded the depression that had surrounded me is surrounded I just need my eyes open to see that he's already there why don't you stand up with me I think God wants to do something in 2018 I think God wants to do something in your life I think God wants to do something in your ministry. I think God wants to do something in your family. We should have scheduled more services for today because I'm like just getting warmed up. I'm like, I'm not going to know what to do after the second one. The six was good. I was done after that. This is not good. Y'all are going to be late to lunch. My dad's going to beat me done because God wants to do something in you. I've I've never met with more people that have been so discouraged in my life. Me with people week in and week out, discouraged, down, depressed, out, problems, weight, pain, grief, 
issues, trials, diagnosis, family relationship. I mean, just over and over. Just the weight, the weight, the weight, the weight. In this world, you will have trouble. So the trial is just this life. The trouble is just this life. What you got to know is that what's striking fear in your heart, that enemy, whatever the enemy is, is surrounded. That's what that scripture says. Elisha wasn't freaking out because he could see what other people couldn't see. See, if you fix your eyes on the right thing, you'll see things that other people can't see. And when other people are freaking out about what you're going through, you'll be all right. Because you can see beyond. That's what Elisha could do. That, my friends, is a gift. That is the difference between thriving in life and surviving. It is, I'm going through hell right now, but I can see an army that's surrounding the army. I will not be given in to fear. I will not give in to negativity or discouragement or depression because this thing that is confronting me is being confronted. And I just need to, the Bible says, just be still and wait and watch the salvation of the Lord. God is surrounding what has been surrounding you. I found this quote by an author talking about focus, and he says this, when we reach the end of our days, our life experience will be equal what we paid attention to, whether by choice or by default. What we've looked at, what we've focused on. See, we got an awesome opportunity on the New Year's Eve. New Year tomorrow, what are you going to focus on? Is it going to be another year like the next? And then for the next 20 years, we're going to keep on saying, it's New Year's, we're going to have a new year. It's a new year. Oh, this one's the year. This one's the year. No, I think this one's the year. Honey, this is it. This is the year. Or you're just going to decide, I love you. You're just going to decide, like, this is going to be the year. Like, I can't be taken out. Come hell or high water. No matter what problem, what situation, I'm getting up every day and I'm focusing. I've set my mind. I've set my eyes. I, I, I cannot be discouraged. I cannot be persuaded to back down. I have made up my mind. There's focus in my heart. There's focus in my gaze. I am not letting down. This is the way that we've got to tackle life in 2018. Not passively, not complacently. I'm telling you, I don't care if you're 95 in here or if you're 15. we got to attack 2018. we got to stop sitting back and watching the calendar years keep flying by. It is time to grab hold of your day, to seize it in the moment and decide I'm going to make the most of it. I do not have time to look at what's happened to me. I have to look at the army that's surrounding what has happened to me. I have to look at him. I can't make it by looking at my problem. I can only make it by looking Thanks for listening. You can find out more about us at church1132.com.